A museum opens today in Park Rapids. It is the first museum in Minnesota devoted to the indigenous perspective on treaty rights. It's in a building once occupied by an oil pipeline conglomerate. Alex V. Sapole tells us more. Museum lead organizer Winona LaDuke recalls a protest ritual in Park Rapids, heard here in a video from the nonprofit Honor the Earth. On Tuesday nights in 2021, LaDuke and other activists would dance around the old Carnegie Library. And we would stand out there with little signs that said, water is life, protect the water, stop Line 3. It was occupied by Enbridge, the company behind the controversial Line 3 pipeline. LaDuc had other ideas. We'd always thought this should be a museum. Today is the opening of Gawaitanong, the Anishinaabe Museum of Treaties and Culture. The museum sits just off the main drag of a downtown lined with candy shops, bars, and an old cinema. Executive Director Jerry Lee Chilton, a member of the White Earth Band, stands in the entry. We bought an old library, and that's how those things got started. The stone building, built in 1908, is now striped with red, white, yellow, and black. The medicine wheel colors representing the four directions. Treaty rights attorney Frank Bebo says the location sends a message. It's being put in a place that's so ironic. Bebo is an enrolled member of the Minnesota Chippewa Tribe at White Earth and the executive director of Aking, the Anishinaabe organization behind the museum that purchased the building a year ago. You know, there's things that need to be corrected. Park Rapids is in ceded treaty territory, says Bebo. Enbridge placed the Line 3 pipeline across northern Minnesota despite public opposition. Activists and community members warned that the pipeline could pollute waterways. And we're saying that's not the proper use of this space. That's been harmful to our area. LaDuke is a member of the Mississippi Band of Anishinaabeg. She says the Gawaitanong Museum is the only independent indigenous museum in Minnesota. This is not a tribal museum. This is an indigenous museum, but it is off the reservation. It didn't receive no state funding. It's entirely independent. The museum begins with historic photos, treaty maps, and documents. Exhibits detail territories given up and describe rights to hunt, fish, and gather there, along with breaches of these rights. Further displays show the Anishinaabe's agreement with other indigenous groups, such as the 12th century One Dish, One Spoon Hunting Rights Treaty. Travis Zimmerman is a museum board member and a descendant of the Grand Portage Band of Lake Superior Chippewa. It's a new concept, you know, it's an important concept. Zimmerman is also the site manager for the Mille Lacs Indian Museum and Trading Post, which is run by the Minnesota Historical Society. Gawaitanong, he says, is different. A museum, you know, run by an American Indian organization, having American Indian curators and really having that Native voice come out is something that you don't really see much of anywhere, really, much less in Minnesota. The museum is an educational resource for Native and non-Native folks alike, Zimmerman says. And the thing that's really behind treaties, it's all about sovereignty. And I think that's what people don't realize and struggle with, is that American Indians are sovereign nations. And we always have been and we always will be. The museum puts these treaty rights into present-day context, too. One exhibit features photos from protests against Line 3 and the Dakota Access Pipeline at Standing Rock. Some of the photos are from Sarah Kalmanson, Miskwanis Megiziguan. You know, we had tens of thousands of people at Standing Rock. I was there. We want to honor that. There was a lot of atrocities that happened. A lot of people were extremely injured 
brutalized. She says curating the museum has been healing. I'm really excited to have folks come in and see how beautiful we are, you know. Gawaitanong hosts its grand opening this evening. I'm Alex V. Sapoli, NPR News, Park Rapids. And Alex's story made possible in part by the Minnesota Legacy Amendments Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund.